Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. Nate Jacobson, Ben Wittenstein. It is a Picks Thursday, Nate, our favorite time of the week. Absolutely. NFL Week 7, the first college football Week 8. Exciting times. It's October. A lot of football to bet on. Maybe not the best games this weekend, but I think plenty of angles to at least keep you occupied through Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, 100%. I think I'm uh, finally seeing the board clearly. Last week, didn't love the board. Didn't love the college board, at least. Great games. Um, there were some really fun games. Too many good games. Yeah, honestly, there was too many good games to watch. But at this point, I think I think we're, we're seeing it clearly. I hope so. I think last week was just one of those things where I, I like certain teams. I just didn't like the numbers they were at and held off on at least making bigger bets. We had the one best bet with the Colts where we both were on, and then Ben had the easy win with the Eagles. But it's kind of weird, I guess, in the NFL, speaking of the Eagles, the Eagles, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Bills are on by. So I think that's part of the reason why not many good games with some of the elite teams, at least in the Eagles and Bills, not part of it. And then the Rams, the Super Bowl champ, Cooper Cup, obviously, amazing players. I'm sure the fantasy players are not sure what they want to do, especially with Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings on a buy. So maybe a lack of scoring this week in the NFL, just based on some of the offenses that are idle this week. All right. So let's, um, you just want to get into our picks. We got, we got lots of picks to go through. We always start with the college football picks. So uh, let's start with that. Nate, you got one college football pick for this week. Yeah. I'll say the rest for best bet and then some, some live dogs and stuff, but Something I put in yesterday, just a half unit. Clemson minus 13.5 against Syracuse. This is Syracuse's second road game of the season. Their last road game was week two against UConn, and that's a short geographical trip, and UConn definitely not an intimidating place going to stores, Connecticut, to play a football game. So this is a real test. At Clemson, the other Death Valley, the last four Syracuse games were at home. Last week, they caught a break playing an NC State team without Devin Larry. So even though Syracuse is undefeated and solidly ranked, this is a huge step up in class for them. And I like Clemson here to beat them by over two touchdowns. I think Clemson might be a little bit of worry just because they've had so many big games in a row. But I think if they want to kind of show Syracuse that they are still the you know class of the conference and kind of show the country that they should be considered in the college football playoff rankings, which will be coming up soon, that Clemson's going to really want to put a number on Syracuse. And I think Syracuse is a little bit vulnerable and not as good as their record indicates. So like Clemson a lot, laying 13 and a half. Yeah, I, I really like that pick as well. I have a pick from that game. I couldn't necessarily pick a side. I think Clemson is probably the right side because they are the home team in this one. And Syracuse hasn't been super convincing, like you said. But I'm going to go total for the first half. Let's go first half under between Syracuse and Clemson. And diving into the numbers for this one, Nate, I found out Clemson and Syracuse are very different teams from the first half to the second half. Second half, 
they both score a lot. Clemson, in fact, is, I think, a top 10 scoring team in the second half in terms of points per game. It takes them, for whatever reason, a half to figure things out. Second half, they come out, and they really put the pressure on the defense. But in the first half, both of these teams score very little points. Cuse is 56th in the country in first half scoring. Clemson is 48th in the country. And you combine their two averages, you get about 29 points. First half under is 26 and a half. And I think because this game is between two ranked teams, between two undefeated teams, the pressures in this game, it's going to take a little while for both these teams to get going. So I really do like it as long as you can get under 26 and a half, even 24 and a half down to there. I really like this number. Also, first half defenses between both these teams. Syracuse is fourth in the country in first half defense. 5.2 points in the first half they let up. Clemson is 10th in the country in first half defense. The this the numbers to me are pointing towards a very low scoring first half. Yeah, and I think Clemson just defensively is going to have a good effort. They kind of got torn up by Wake Forest. Last week they gave up a lot of yards to Florida State. I know that the head or defensive coordinator over at Clemson kind of called out his unit. Yeah. So I'd expect Clemson defensively to kind of lock in really early, make life difficult for Syracuse, who is used to playing in the Dome, at the Carrier Dome, and this is just a completely different environment playing at Clemson. I think Syracuse is going to have a lot of trouble scoring points in this game. So I think first half under makes sense. If you even want to go Syracuse team total under for the full game or first half or whatever way you want to play it, I think this definitely could be a, a Clemson domination, especially on the defensive side for the Tigers. So I have a couple more college picks. One of them is disgusting, and you really don't agree with it, and our friend Alex Simmons doesn't agree with it. But I'm going to go with the the other one, which – do you know how many times I have said, you know, I believe in Bo Nix or I believe in Oregon on this podcast? And each time they have let me down, it is both their losses that they have this season where I have bet on Oregon. So you know what? I'm an idiot, so I'm going to do it again. Oregon minus six against UCLA at home. And you know what I have on my side this time, Nate? I have Oregon's against the spread record at home. They're undefeated against the spread at home this season. They're a much better team at home this season than they are on the road. They have given up one sack to Bo Nix so far this year. Their offensive line is playing really well. Their defensive line is playing well. I think they're going to be able to pressure Dorian uh, Thompson-Robinson pretty well. I know UCLA's the hot pick, and I know people are loving UCLA. They're rolling. Brian Kelly's got his team playing well. But I believe in Oregon. I'll say that for a third time this season, and hopefully this is the time where it actually pays off. Yeah, really fascinating game. Chip Kelly's return to Autzen Stadium at Oregon with, as a coach of UCLA. UCLA off two upset wins against Washington and Utah. They were just small home dogs, but they looked really impressive after kind of a slow start to the season, playing a pretty weak non-conference schedule. So this is a real test for UCLA. They did play Colorado on the road, but Colorado was going through a lot of issues then and then fired their coach. So this is the first true road environment they're going to be in. It's going to be a raucous crowd in Eugene. So a really tough game for me because I think the number is right on. I would lean towards Oregon, but because the number is out to or it's closer to a touchdown, it's just going to be a stay away for me. Yeah, I understand the hesitancy with some people with Oregon, but UCLA's had it too good for too long, Nate. This is the time they lose. This is going to be their first loss, and they're not even going to cover the spread on the road. My other pick, and this is more of just an ugly pick and kind of a gut pick than anything else, and it's Akron plus 18.5 against Kent State. Uh, I, I Both these teams, the numbers are not great for both these teams. And I know Kent State has had the toughest, one of the toughest, if not the toughest schedule in college football this season, Washington, Oklahoma, uh, and Georgia. But 
other than that, they haven't really been super impressive. They beat up on an FCS team. Their offensive numbers have been okay. 18 and a half is a lot, and Akron sucks. Akron is bad, but 18 and a half against a team where you really look at the numbers and they're fairly similar between both teams. I may, I, I may take the 18 and a half with Akron in this one. I would just be careful because, as you mentioned, Kent State has played a really tough schedule, so a lot of those full season long numbers might be a little bit skewed because their non-conference was Washington, Oklahoma, and Georgia. And they actually stuck with Georgia for a while. So they did. respect what Sean Lewis has done out of Kent State. The idea that you'll they'll play whoever and not worry about, yeah, you know. They really did not care. They packed that schedule. Yeah. So I think I know they kind of have struggled a little bit in Mac play, but I think, you know, those experiences playing in Seattle, playing in Norman, playing in Athens could help them in a game like this because Akron is one of the worst teams in the FBS. So not a play I endorse. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> but, uh, you yeah. know, w- when you're getting that many points and, and both teams aren't very good, maybe uh, you never know. You could you could definitely win, but I just something I would stay away from personally. This is simply a play where if they do cover, I'm going to go back and get this video and just post it on Twitter because I'm going to look like a genius. But if they don't do it, there's not there's not a lot of downside, you know. Not a lot of downside to this one. Well, you'd lose money. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would lose money. That is true. Dogs with bite, Nate. Uh, we have a couple uh, underdogs that uh, you're liking. Yeah, I think one you're going to disagree with, which is completely fine. But I like SMU a little bit playing Cincinnati and more of a play against Cincinnati, a team that obviously made the college football playoff last year. Yep. Lost a lot, but they're well coached, and Luke Fickle for AAC standards is doing a great job recruiting there. But just results-wise, I haven't been really impressed with Cincinnati. They had that game against Indiana where it took them a while to pull away. They kind of let Indiana back into the game and scored some late touchdowns to make the scoreboard look better. And then before their bye week, which was this past week, they almost lost to USF as a four-touchdown favorite. So yeah. I think Cincinnati's just taking a you know a huge step back was expected, but I think the perception of Cincinnati is they're still one of the best teams in the group of five, which is possible, but SMU, a team I think is pretty good. I know that there were some issues at SMU this season with players thinking of, you know, sitting out the rest of the season so they could preserve a year of eligibility and then transferring, but they've done all right since then. Last week they should have really covered against Navy, but Navy scored two late touchdowns to get the backdoor cover there. So I do like SMU. They are plus three and a half on the spread. I believe their money line makes them about plus 150. Early start, huge implications in the AAC, kind of like SMU to win the game outright. And then something else to monitor, Cincinnati's quarterback. Uh, was it Bryant, I believe? Ben Bryant, yeah. Yeah, he's Fe- – Fellow Ben. Yep, fellow Ben. He is uh, – he he got injured right before the bye week. So he did. I, it sounds like he's going to play, and I think that's why the numbers ticked up from minus three to minus three and a half. So just a game I'm going to wait on and probably take the SMU money line at the last possible moment. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards Cincy, but I, that was only because I thought this – a lot of people I saw betting SMU I think is because they were betting on maybe Ben Bryant to be out for this game, and, and Luke Fickle said he was supposed to play or they expect him to play at this point after concussion issues. So – I. I, I'm a little less on Cincy, but I, I'm I'm leaning Cincy now that it's at I think it's three and a half, right? It was at three like a day or two ago. Yeah. That extra hook is is making me a little bit nervous for this one. So I might stay away. I think SMU money line is not the worst pick in in the world for a game like this. You can get a plus money. So 
I, I, I like it. California, though? Yes. You like in California? This is the one I'm going to use as the live dog in the article, the roundtable, Ben, Alex, and I do on WatchSam.com. And it's a bet that I don't really like making because I, before the year in the summer, talked about betting Washington over their win total, yeah. over seven and a half wins. They're sitting at five and two. They still have Oregon on the schedule at Autzen. So this would be a big game because you'd assume they're going to lose that game or it'll be, you know, be underdog in that game. So you kind of need to win this game or, you know, there's going to be a real low margin of error for Washington to go over that total. However, when they've left Seattle, completely different team. Got absolutely boat raced by UCLA on a Friday night. The next week, they go to Arizona State, 13.5-point favorites, lose outright. Looking back at Washington and kind of their body of work, obviously Michael Penix, Kalen DeBoer have done a great job in that big win for the program against Michigan State in week three. It looks awesome, or at the time looked awesome, but now what's going on in East Lansing where then they, you know, they have four losses already and it's right. just not that good of a Michigan State team. The reason why I like this, and this sounds really weird, but Cal losing last week is 15-and-a-half-point favorites at Colorado. Yeah. Kind of creates a, a you know, some value. It creates a big price, plus sure. 240 on the money line, plus 7-and-a-half. Yeah. I think we're buying the lowest point on Cal. Cal's always a team under Justin Wilcox. That's, you look at them towards the underdog, but as a favorite, like last week, their offense wasn't good enough to cover a number like that. So Cal is an underdog late night in Berkeley. That's one of my favorite dogs with bite of the week. And I'll probably have that in the money line parlay with SMU and maybe another underdog I can try to find on Saturday. But Cal makes a lot of sense, even though I kind of want Washington to still win the game because of so win totals. So like four point margin here. No seven point margin because it's plus seven. So I guess I'm going to go against what I thought before the season and, and use Cal on the money line, but also probably bet them plus seven against Washington, a team that doesn't have a win outside of the friendly confines of Husky Stadium. Interesting. Yeah, I was reading that first half spread, actually. So, yeah, seven and a half at a lot of places. So, it's not the worst bet in the world, to be honest. Maybe that loss lit a spark. One of those, oh, we really got to get our stuff together here, too. Yeah, and I think if they win that game like they're supposed to, this line's maybe only six or something. So yeah. I think we're just getting a little bit of value now and because of the result last week with Cal losing embarrassingly to Colorado. We have our sexy pick, which we kind of mentioned that game, UCLA and Oregon. <laughs> UCLA is an underdog getting some getting some money, which makes sense because of how good they have been playing and, and how good their offense has looked so far. So, you know, sometimes I don't understand the sexy pick, but UCLA this week, it makes sense against Oregon. Yeah, kind of looking at what, like, a, maybe a guy who doesn't bet college football a lot, maybe occasionally dabbles, looks at the board on Friday night, Saturday morning, and they're like, what, what should we bet? So I think UCLA makes a lot of sense because UCLA has looked good the last two games. The Chip Kelly returning to Eugene Angle, yeah. just Oregon. I think revenge. If you only, if you're just a kind of a casual college football fan, what game do you remember that Oregon played in? Oh, I mean, there's a lot. I'm, I'm like this season. Of. This season. Oh, this season. It's Georgia getting their right. butt whooped. So you're like, how is Oregon. that team that Georgia got, yeah. you know, beat by 46 points, a six point favorite, yeah. against undefeated UCLA? So I think. The sexy pick of the week, the public pick of the week, yeah. UCLA, they're the sexy underdog. But I think because of that, I'm not saying because of that, Oregon's aside, but because of that, I would stay cautious of this game. Yeah. And you, were, you made a you know a sound case for Oregon just a little bit ago in this podcast. Yeah, it's I, I made that bet 
a couple days ago, and I've been slowly but surely feeling less confident about the bet, okay. <laughs> to be quite honest. But because I made the bet, I want to bring it up on the podcast. I want to make it as a suggestion because I did put actual money on the bet. So I, I, I like Oregon minus six. I do. They're, they're a better team at home. But I, I have been feeling, the more I read about it, the, I, I've just been feeling a little bit less confident about the Oregon minus six because UCLA is a really good team. They really are. But I think the situation favors Oregon. But them being a favorite public underdog makes a lot of sense for a week like this. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Let's do some NFL picks, Nate. We have, uh, you have got a good amount of picks. We have some sexy NFL picks, too. First time we've had some sexy picks in the NFL. And I have a couple first half plays for you, too. Yeah, usually for this section, I kind of unload what I had in my article and kind of explain my thought process between each pick I'm considering, whether it's for a bet or for a contest I'm in where I have to pick five sides a week. So the first one, top of the board for Sunday, Lions plus seven against the Cowboys. Yeah. I think this is more of a bet. I don't know if this is more of a bet on the Lions or against the Cowboys. I guess we'll start with the against the Cowboys side. It looks like Dak Prescott's going to return from the thumb injury that he sustained in week one. And I think because of that, I want to bet against him just because I don't know if he's going to be rusty. I'm not sure if he's going to be 100%. But the market is pricing him like he is fully healthy. And I think because there's uncertainty of what we're going to get, this game becomes very volatile. On the Lions side, it hasn't been good to start the season. They're 1-4. and Their defense is atrocious. But they're coming off a bye. They're going to get healthy on offense. DeAndre Swift practice on Wednesday. Amon Ross St. Brown has another week to rest up on his ankle. So I think we're going to get a healthier, rested Lions team that even if they're down, we've seen them before, cover late as big underdogs. And I think off the bye, that helps a lot. Against a Cowboys team that just had a primetime game against the Eagles, Dak's coming back. I can expect a slow start from the Cowboys offense and maybe the Lions defense can at least hold up, hold them up a little bit, and then their offense can do enough. I know that there's worry that Jared Goff under pressure is bad, but the Lions actually have a pretty good offensive line who I think can neutralize the Cowboys' pass rush. So Lions plus seven something I like quite a bit. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you made a really good argument for that. I, I'm honestly probably going to make that one of my side bets, and I don't bet a lot of sides in the NFL these days. But the Lions coming off a bye, getting healthy makes makes a lot of sense here. I have a first half bet. I have two first half bets for you. Let's go with the Ravens first half against the Browns this week. Minus three and a half. The Ravens, if you have watched their games this season, look great through three quarters. And then what happens is they give up leads and they start playing really poorly in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to just stick with the first half where they look good. Um, The Ravens are going to be at home this week, so that's going to help. They are the third best scoring team in the first half in the NFL this season. Cleveland is number 10, so they, they they put up points in the first half. Baltimore scores 15 points in the first half of games on average this season. So I, I really like the Ravens to cover in the first half. They're 3-2-1 and one against the spread in the first half. It's just a team that I trust through 30 minutes of play instead of 60 minutes. Especially being at home, I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put my money behind them at least playing well in the first half. 
against a shoddy Cleveland Browns team. Yeah, the Browns have been pretty disappointing defensively. I think a team that has a lot of talent outside the quarterback position I thought could maybe steady the ship until Jason Watson is eligible to return. But after that performance against the Patriots at 2-4, and four, yeah. seems like kind of a lost season for the Browns. I, I, I'd expect them to give their best effort in this game, but I just don't know if they have the, the players right now, especially defensively, to stop no. Lamar Jackson, who has been very efficient and productive early in game. So I don't mind that first half look at all. Although if it did get to plus seven, I would consider a Browns full game bet, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think you can go wrong. The thing is, especially as a touchdown underdog, I don't think you can go wrong betting any underdogs full game against the yeah. Ravens because they have not instilled any trust in anyone that they can maintain a lead or at least maintain a cover through I, a full game. I guess in this case, though, you would hope that they would be able to finish off a game if they did have a lead just because the Browns yeah. are built with their running game and it's harder for like a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett to play catch-up. So yeah. if it is a positive game script for the Ravens, maybe they can blow them out, and that will probably keep me off this game entirely. Uh, you have the Jaguars, which is going against one of this week's sexy picks in the NFL. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we talked about this on Tuesday's show, but I think a lot of people are going to be confused seeing a, a 2-4 and four team favorite by yeah. a field goal against a 5-1 and one team, but – just kind of looking at more advanced stuff with the Giants. It's not as good as their record is, not even close. Last week they were outgained on a yards per play basis, 7 to 3.8 yards per play. So 3.2 nets yards per play, you're not going to win that way no. in the NFL. It's not a sustainable not. way to win. No. And I feel like this game for the Jaguars is kind of their, not their last shot, but a game that they're going to perform well in after a few disappointing results the last few weeks against AFC Southpaws. So Jaguars the only way I can look. I'm going to wait and see if I can somehow get a two and a half in this game. I doubt it will, unless there's some sort of injury thing, and then maybe I want to stay away from the game entirely. But I think a lot of people will be looking at the Giants to continue their magical season, and I want to uh, bet against them this week. Smart. I really like it. Uh, let's do. Let's go to this uh, Tennessee indie game because yes. we both have a bet in this game, which both could hit. They both absolutely could hit because. So I have the first half in favor of the Titans, and you have the Colts full game, and because it's such a short spread. This, both of these could theoretically hit, and honestly, the way both of these teams have been playing this season, it's kind of following the game script by how these games have been going for both these teams. And I have Tennessee first half simply because, A, the Colts are an incredibly bad first-half team, 0-6 against the spread in the first half. Tennessee is a really good first-half team, especially at home. They're 2-0 and against the spread in the first half. They score the second most amount of points in the NFL in the first half this season at 16 and a half. And Indy is an awful first-half team, scoring 6.5 points on average in the first half of games this season. So we're looking at the data, you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at the trends. They all favor the Tennessee Titans in the first half. However, for the full game, you like the Colts, and I think that kind of makes sense. Exactly, and another reason why the first half makes sense for the Titans, if you are kind of undecided at this game, Titans coming off a bye, you'd mm-hmm. expect the game script to be really good, as it has been this season, but the problem is they just haven't been able to score in the second half. Right. Still 3-2, and two, so a team with a respectable record, but their stats are, are pretty poor, and that's one of the reasons I like the Colts. I think the Titans not as good as a 3-2 and two record. You have a, a quick division revenge angle. These teams played three weeks ago, a game the Titans won, 24-17 despite out or the Colts outgaining the Titans by over 100 yards I think the Colts showed something last week that you know we could kind of take forward as a as a team that's going to play better offensively Matt Ryan dropped back 58 times wasn't sacked so the offensive line played better 
asking him to play again well for the second week in a row might be asking a lot, especially since Matt Ryan threw the ball so much and he's getting older in age. But yeah. I think a Tennessee defense definitely could be had. So Colts plus two and a half, a bet I'm going to make. I haven't placed it yet. I'm going to wait for the plus three if it happens. But I also expect the Colts to have a positive injury report in this game, which means I think the line closed closer to plus one and a half, plus two. The Titans are a small favorite, so maybe Colts money line at that point. Although, with a game with a low total, I think the Colts yeah. plus the points is still valuable. However, agree. if you do agree with Ben, maybe and you like the idea of betting the Colts, but you know worried about the Titans just because offensively it hasn't been good, I think you could wait maybe till halftime if the Titans are leading. Mm-hmm. Betting Colts second half makes a lot of sense. So maybe Titans early in the game. Colts later in the game in the second half once Matt Ryan kind of gets acclimated to his surroundings. Yeah, 100%. I, I completely agree with that. And I think a, a live bet on the uh, the Colts at halftime is a really good move when Tennessee is hopefully for uh, my bet going to be leading. So, Nate, we have some sexy picks that we got through some of them. Giants are one of the sexy picks. They're seeming like they're kind of uh, one of those betting favorite underdogs for the public. The two other teams, and I myself was thinking about betting this this morning as I was looking through the lines, and that's Seahawks plus six. And, of course, people are on the Falcons because of how good against the spread they've been. Both touched at, both like six-plus point underdogs. Yeah, in terms of Seahawks, I don't actually have a problem with betting on Seattle. I do think the line, you could argue, is a little bit short. But when it comes to the Chargers at home, yeah. when they're a big favorite. It's just something team I can never bet on because nope. even if they seem like they should be a bigger favorite, they just don't have a home field advantage at all. Nope. There's going to be a lot of Seattle fans there because it's on the West Coast, and they already make the trip to L.A. once a year see the Ram- against the Rams when the Seahawks play there. Yeah. Why not double dip? And there are probably a lot of like Seattle people who live in that area anyway, and the Seahawks are playing pretty well, so it's not like a team that you know you want to see if you're from Seattle. However, I don't know. The line seems just a little short. See, the Seahawks are really bad defensively, and maybe Justin Herbert goes wild in this game. So, a game I don't blame you if you want to bet the Seahawks, but right now the line's kind of crashed a little bit. I think it's even under six at this point. Uh, teases? Or do, what's the other sexy pick? Sorry. Oh, we got the Falcons. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I kind of like the Bengals in this game. I'm not a huge Bengals guy, but I think the matchup really suits Cincinnati well. Yeah. Atlanta lost cornerback Casey Hayward to injured reserve last week. Uh, their other cornerback, A.J. Terrell, young kid out of Clemson, very good player. He also left the game with injury. He did practice on Wednesday, so maybe he does come back. But when you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler yeah. Boy at home laying less than a touchdown against a Falcons team who I don't think is really good but have kind of gotten fortunate to cover all these games where they're 6-0 against the spread – I think the Bengals are the only way to look at this game, and I'd stay away from the the Falcons' uh, allure of being undefeated against the point spread. They can only go on for so long, and usually with NFL things, it's like at some point it's going to regress a little bit, especially with how much parity there is in the NFL this season and how close a lot of these teams are and just talent and playing ability. You'd have to imagine at some point the Falcons are not going to be able to cover a game. Yeah, though definitely, and it could happen this week. I know I'm not the biggest Bengals fan, but I think the matchup suits them pretty nicely. And that goes a perfect transition to a tease. Don't be a tease. Yes, yeah, so I mentioned the, week? the Colts, the Bengals make a lot of sense. Colts, underdog, tease them up, yeah. low total game. Yeah. 
you could also live bet them. I mean, there's many ways you can bet the Colts. I think we kind of outlined it. Um, if you want to go Titans early, just because of how they've done this season, Bengals make sense as a team just to win the game. Uh, and then the two other teams, and I'm actually debating this. I'm in a couple survivor pools, and I know people don't, probably don't care about my survivor pools and what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, we don't. But two teams I'm thinking about teasing also, the Raiders, mm-hmm. minus seven against the Texans. Okay. One reason I like the Raiders, and I'm considering them for survivor, is they're one and four on the season. They're off a bye week, but their point differential this season is minus five. So I'm expecting maybe a little bit of positive regression from the Raiders where they sometimes will win close games. Now, do I trust them to co- cover a seven-point uh, seven spread against the Texans? I know the Texans are not a good team, and the Raiders, just I don't think they're a really good favorite. I'm not sure if I'd lay seven, but I think in teasers, the Raiders make sense if you want to go in that direction. And then Monday night, if you need some action for that game because it's kind of hard to lay that many points in a game with a low total, but the Patriots – Playing the Chicago Bears. Interesting. Let's see if Mac Jones comes back. I don't really think it matters if it's Jones or, or Zappy, especially if Z- Jones is a little bit hobbled. But I feel like Justin Fields and the Bears' one-dimensional offense against Bill Belichick could be a nightmare scenario for Chicago. So yeah, it seems like he knows New that England offense well. Tease. He he knows that offense well. He had a whole diatribe about picking apart what the Bears are good at this past week. Three pages of notes on on the Bears. So he uh. He's done his homework on Chicago, which is never a good thing if you're a Bears fan and you see Bill Belichick just picking apart your team verbally. That's not a good spot to be in at all. Yeah, he was like kind of complimenting them, and I he was just showing off like how much he knows about this team. This is an issue. A lot of gamesmanship there from uh, from old <laughs> Bill. Yeah, that's that's classic Bill Belichick. Uh, let's get into best bets, Nate. We got a couple best bets. We agree on a best bet, um, and it's a lot of college sports here, a lot of college football for us this weekend for our best bets. Let's start with LSU minus two. We were against the Tigers two weeks ago when Tennessee came to Baton Rouge. Now we're on the opposite side, another top ten team coming to play LSU, LSU at home, not an 11 a.m. start. Fans are going to have time to tailgate, going to have time to drink, <laughs> going to have time to get rowdy. Oh, yeah. We like LSU minus two against Ole Miss. Yeah, I think it's more of a fade against Ole Miss, a team that's 7-0, and but if you look at their schedule, it really haven't, hasn't played anyone. The Kentucky win is their most impressive win, but Will Levis had a injured finger, a pretty gruesome injury for most of the game, and then the last two victories in conference play were against Vanderbilt and Auburn, a game they didn't cover, but they gave up a lot of yards to Auburn's offense that isn't a very good unit. So I think this is the true test for Ole Miss, their first true test of the season. They're number seven in the country. LSU coming off a big win. Their offense looked good. I think Brian Kelly's team is going to improve as the players get acclimated to this new coaching staff down in Baton Rouge. And I think LSU definitely the side, even though Ole Miss has their big ranking by their name. They're 7-0. and Yeah. And people are wondering, why why are they an underdog? There's definitely a, there's reason. a reason. There's a reason why there's been a flip of favorite this week, and I still like LSU two and a half or better in this game. Yep, I'm 100% on board with you with that one. So we agree on one best bet this week. I'm going to go Purdue plus two and a half for another best bet. Traveling to Madison, playing Wisconsin. To be honest, I'm not 100% sure why Purdue is an underdog in this one other than the fact that they're on the road, and I think that three-point, two-and-a-half-point advantage is the only reason that this home team, Wisconsin, is getting points. But – Purdue's just a better team. Wisconsin's been inconsistent. They fired their head coach, Paul Christ. Jim Leonard take over, and, and they played well against Northwestern. 
and then they had a stinker last week. So yeah. I'm not 100% sure that I can trust Wisconsin to be consistent. On the other side, Purdue, their run defense is really good. Wisconsin's not going to be able to do much on the ground. And if you're really trusting Graham Mertz to win games for you, <laughs> I'm going to take the points with Purdue. So Purdue plus 2.5 is a play for me. Okay, my other college play, Kansas State plus 3.5, late night t- kickoff or a little later in the day in Fort Worth. Big-time hangover spot for TCU. Just played four big games. They won all of them. They played in-state rival or, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth area rival, SMU, the school where Sonny Dykes, their current head coach, was just at. Then they beat Oklahoma. They beat undefeated Kansas at the time where Kansas was hosting game day. And then last week in kind of their big, you know, marquee game at home where two ranked teams, they beat a top-10 Oklahoma State team in double overtime. However, I wasn't impressed with TCU in that uh, in that performance. Oklahoma State – had a quarterback banged up in Spencer Sanders, and TCU was down 14 points going in the fourth quarter and needed a big rally to win the game in double overtime. On the other side, you're getting a Kansas State team, well-coached under Chris Kleiman. They're off a bye. They're fresh for this game. I think TCU is going to eventually kind of falter because of this long stretch of big games. It's going to be the fifth big game in five weeks like Kansas State a lot. I actually like them to win, but for best best yeah. purposes, Kansas State plus three and a half. It's a good pick. I like it. I got one more college pick for you, and Nate, please do not watch this game. I'm an Indiana alum, and I don't think I'm going to watch this game, and it's Indiana Rutgers. We're going to go under 48. Both these teams are awful, awful offensively. Indiana, I believe, is 107th in the country in points a game, points per play. Rutgers is 124th in points per play. Out of 131, these teams cannot score, and Rutgers has a respectable defense. I don't know if Indiana is going to be able to score over three touchdowns in this game. More than 21 points for Indiana seems hard to imagine, and over 21 points for Rutgers, honestly, seems hard to imagine. So I'm going to go under 48. Terrible offenses. Rutgers has a good defense. The points are going to be hard to come by. This is going to be an ugly game. Are you worried at all that Rutgers just elevated their tight end coach to be offensive coordinator, and his name is – uh, Nunzio Campanelli. Oh, that's he that's sounded worrisome. like he was born to be the uh, play caller <laughs> the Rutgers for, for Rutgers coordinator. You got to respect it. All right, so maybe they go Nunzio. off and score like thirty points tonight. This, he sounds this like he's uh, the number, you know, the striker for the Italy World Cup team. <laughs> it's the perfect pairing for Rutgers and their <laughs> offensive coordinator. All right, so maybe this is the week Rutgers breaks through. But either way. I'll go under 48. So those are our picks. LSU minus two. We both love that. You love Kansas State plus three and a half. I'll have Purdue plus two and a half. And the Indiana Rutgers under 48. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. In terms of NFL, I'll probably release a few uh, bigger plays, I guess, on yeah. Sunday waiting on a few injury stuff in terms of like the 49ers and, and some other teams and, and the Colts, I guess. So follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nate Jacobson one Ben, it's at, at Ben Winstein. So make sure to follow there because we might tweet out some additional plays. But for best bet purposes, just stick into the college for this yeah, week on Saturday. I, I really kind of want to make that Ravens first half a best bet, but I'll leave it to the NFL bets. I really feel strongly about that one, but I feel like I'm kind of playing with fire having two weeks in a row, minus three and a half first half picks for a best bet. It's just playing with fire. It's tempting the gods, and I, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that trend, but I do like it as just a normal play. But you can find all of our college picks at WatchStadium.com. Like Nate said, you can find these NFL picks there as well. I got NBA picks that I'm doing now for once a week. So picks, picks, picks all over, the, all over the website. We're excited. We're having fun. Good luck to everybody this week. We're going to keep the streak going. Nate's 10-2, 80-something percent win percentage. 
We're gonna let's get it up to ninety. Let's get up to ninety this week, Nate. Let's go two and zero. I'm excited. Good luck to everyone. We'll see you next week.